Think for yourself. In today's era, we're constantly bombarded with information, research, strategies, and 24-7 news reports. This often leaves us feeling overwhelmed and unclear on the best way forward in life, whether that's in our relationships, our careers, our health, or our finances. Thus, we capitulate to the advice and guidance of experts. We sit and we wait for someone to tell us what to do, what to think, what to say, and how to act. Whether that's a medical professional instructing us on what we should do to avoid pandemics, or a dating coach telling us their proven way to find true love, much of our day-to-day living is molded, guided, and led by the expert voices in our lives. But Harvard University lecturer Vikram Mancharamani, in his book Think for Yourself, Restoring Common Sense in an Age of Experts and Artificial Intelligence, argues that we're now facing a common malady, the inability to think for ourselves. Mancharamani argues that by outsourcing our thinking and defaulting to the opinions of coaches, scientists, researchers, and other specialists, we're giving up our own autonomy and leadership. And we're also missing out on the insights, breakthroughs, and transformation that comes when we tap into our own insight and learn to trust ourselves more. In today's course, we'll dive into the pros and cons of trusting experts, and why the two extremes of either trusting experts completely or totally distrusting experts is harmful, plus how you can start to cultivate trust in yourself and begin to think critically on your own. Lesson 1, Why We Trust Experts, and Why That's a Problem Science, technology, and other advancements are progressing at a rapid pace. It seems like every day, and even every hour, is marked with a new study, a new approach to doing life, or a new warning about something we should avoid or change. And most people struggle to stay on top of all of this critical information. I think people outsource their thinking to experts because it's easy to do so, says Mancharamani in an interview with Infoq. There's a cost-benefit analysis that often leads to letting others think for you. Our world today is complex, explains Mancharamani. We have many options, and, more importantly, we are aware of just how many options we have. When we choose between options, there is a human instinct, the one that economics as a field relies upon, to try to choose the best one. But attempting to optimize in the face of uncertainty and interconnectedness is challenging and doesn't always happen. What originally started out as a way of filtering through the noise, and highlighting the most important information we need to know today, has morphed into something entirely different over the decades. Today, as we're bombarded with information and exposed to research and rapid change like never before, many of us have accepted the advice of experts and researchers without a single thought or question. Think about your past week. How often have you done something, eaten something, or taken a supplement because you once read somewhere how studies suggest that A can do B or scientists say that X causes Y? Your life, and your personal destiny, is being dictated at an alarming rate by people who aren't you. Your autonomy has been given away, often completely without thought, to people in government, popular media, big news corporations, schools, hospitals, social media enterprises, etc. Now, this isn't to say that trusting experts is a bad thing. In fact, in the pushback on our over-reliance on research and experts, we have seen the pendulum shift in completely the opposite direction where more and more people ignore advice simply because it came from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, or a prominent researcher, or a big news outlet. 
This, too, is dangerous. Man Sharamani's art negation 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 humanism that trusting experts is bad or good. Rather, his proposal is that we need to stop blindly believing experts. Instead, we must learn to cultivate our own intellect, our own critical thinking, and take back our own power. I have no problem with deep expertise, and in fact, we do want to rely on experts, the author says in an interview with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. My argument really is not one that we should dismiss experts but more that we need to, as I say in the book, keep experts on tap, not on top. It's really about harnessing the power of expertise without giving up control or management of that expertise. So I find it equally problematic to blindly defer to experts as I do to those who completely dismiss experts. So it's not about dismissing or deferring to experts, it's really about the nuance of staying in control and extracting the best value we can from experts. But what exactly are the problems with trusting experts and giving them our unquestioning trust? The problem of expertise, why we shouldn't follow experts blindly. The first problem is the problem of bias. We all have biases, and we all have preferences, and we all have an idea of what's right and proper in the world. And even the most well-intentioned expert and the most well-organized research study can be impacted by the bias of the experts involved. Science is said to be suffering a reproducibility crisis caused by many biases, warns the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, PNAS. The magnitude of these biases varied widely across fields. For instance, PIS notes that many small, highly cited studies were likely to overestimate effects and that a scientist's early career status, isolation, and lack of scientific integrity might be significant risk factors for producing unreliable results. If we accept the voices of experts without critical thinking, we also accept whatever biases they may hold. The second problem is that experts are not always right. Credentialed authorities are comically bad at predicting the future, warns a research report published in The Atlantic. The publication points at the economic predictions of one world-famous economist who, over the course of his career, would have been right only 62% of the time. The Atlantic cites a study by psychologist and political scientist Philip Tetlock, who decided to consult with nearly 290 experts and get their predictions about the coming 20 years. These predictions covered 82,361 specific estimates about the future. The experts were, by and large, horrific forecasters, notes the publication. Their areas of specialty, years of experience, and, for some, access to classified information made no difference. They were bad at short-term forecasting and bad at long-term forecasting. They were bad at forecasting in every domain. When experts declared that future events were impossible or nearly impossible, 15% of them occurred nonetheless. When they declared events to be a sure thing, more than one quarter of them failed to transpire. The third problem is the idea of authority. The role of experts has grown subtly, yet substantially, and have taken on an outsized role in everything from healthcare to government policies. On a more personal level, we've handed over our own autonomy, our own leadership, and our own ability to make decisions for ourselves, all without giving it a second thought. For Mancheramani, that is perhaps the most significant criticism of uncritical acceptance of expert opinions. He says we've lost the ability to be mindful of our own decision-making process, and we are often unaware of just how much we default to the opinions of others. The fact that you yourself, 
asked whether you should trust yourself indicates a mindfulness about whether you should or shouldn't, he tells the CBC's interviewer. That is far better and more appropriate than those who blindly, without thinking about it, go forth. That is my main point here, which is we need to think about how we think. We need to think about the inputs we put into our thinking process. We need to mindfully manage where we focus. If you're ready to take back control of your life, embrace critical thinking, and, as Manshar Amani writes in his book, put experts on tap and not on top, let's dig into how you can start to think for yourself more and critically analyze the opinions of experts. Questions and Exercises 1. Have you ever given any thought to how much you blindly trust experts? Yes, a lot yes, a little no, not really. 2. What is one area of your life where you especially feel overwhelmed or uncertain, and follow whatever the experts tell you to do? Religion medical care health and wellness finances relationships business career parenting politics other. 3. What is one time that you blindly followed an expert, and realized the advice you were given was misguided or completely wrong? What was the outcome, and why didn't you challenge the advice when you first received it? 2. How to trust yourself and start thinking for yourself The problem is that trust in experts involves deference to their views while democracy thrives on debate and disagreement, warns Maria Bagramian, a professor of American philosophy at Ireland's University College Dublin. A related worry is that experts can tell us only the bare facts of what to do, devoid of the much-needed advice on how to think about the ethics and value of what we are doing. We are thus faced with a dilemma, reliance on experts, and indeed trusting them, is an inevitable requirement of life in complex technological societies, but the consequent deference to the very same experts, the inability to subject them to the norms of debate as equal citizens is deeply undemocratic, she writes. How are we to overcome this tension? One way is to begin to trust yourself more, and start challenging the advice you're given. How to think more critically about expert opinions. 1. Trust yourself. Self-trust is a hybrid combination of high self-esteem, high critical thinking, and acceptance of your own needs, desires, and fears. While self-trust is a bit beyond the scope of today's lesson, build your own trust in yourself by investing in relationships and communities that make you feel accepted and valued. If you feel accepted and valued by others, you're more capable of accepting and valuing your own thoughts, opinions, and feelings. You should also talk it out. If you're facing a problem or a question, journal or write or talk to yourself as part of the decision-making process. You may even want to bring in a trusted friend or counselor, such as a therapist, to help you talk through your choices and ideas. Neuroscientists have shown that talking about what you are thinking and feeling to someone else, someone who is listening and who responds to what you say, not just reflecting back what you have said, but adding their own ideas and thoughts to the mix, can actually change the neurological makeup of your brain, writes F. Diane Barth, a licensed clinical social worker, in a column for Psychology Today magazine. It can help your right brain speak more clearly to your left brain, and your left to your right, explains Barth. It can help your unconscious become conscious, unrecognized beliefs to be recognized, and everything to get clearer. 2. 
Embrace curiosity. When it comes to challenging authority and expert opinions, and learning to think for yourself, it's not about necessarily challenging the expert in an antagonistic or negative way. But it is about training yourself to start asking questions. Be curious. Dig into the why of things. I would ask when you get handed a piece of advice, or an expert asks you to do something, ask a very simple question, suggest Mancheramani. You can even say, in a non-threatening way, that's fascinating, I really appreciate the advice. Now just so I can get myself more informed. Why do you believe that? How did you get your information? And just ask that simple question. I think that simple question will enable you to have a different form of conversation with those giving you advice. Keep digging. Keep asking why. Approach it not from a place of wanting to prove the expert wrong, but rather to help uncover their potential biases, their motivation, where and why they believe what they believe, where they got their own information and research. Likewise, dig into your own why. Each of us have our own biases. Be conscious of how you're filtering information you receive, and ask yourself your own why. Why do I feel this way when someone tells me this? Why do I trust or not trust this expert, this news outlet, this research study, etc. What expectations did I have before getting this information, and am I open to being wrong? 3. Take in additional data points. Thinking for yourself means embracing a variety of data points, and listening to multiple viewpoints and experts. Take finances, for example. Let's say you want to invest in a technology company that seems on the verge of making it big on the New York Stock Exchange. Would you simply trust the company's own press releases and analytics? Far from it. You'd look for expert opinions from other investors, other researchers, and other stock market analysts. The same should apply to anything else in your life. The advice you've been given might be good, but it's never the only way to approach things. Ask around. Seek other medical studies. Look up other news reports. Get out of the single expert echo chamber. The more information you have, the better the questions you can ask to challenge that information and think for yourself. 4. Disconnect. Once you have a lot of information and data points, get clarity by disconnecting. It's hard to really trust yourself and your instincts, and think critically about the information you've been given when you're still being bombarded with other outside voices. Disconnect spiritually, emotionally, physically, or whatever way the situation requires. Get still. Get silent. And begin to process and untangle whatever scenario you're facing. 5. Make your decision. Trusting yourself, thinking for yourself, and releasing your blind trust of experts doesn't mean staying in limbo forever. You still need to make a decision. Once you've gone through this process, make a choice. Then, challenge that choice. Every decision has pros and cons, says Mancharamani. We far too often underweight the cons of our decisions. He suggests playing the devil's advocate for your own choice. Forcing the perspective of how the choice you're about to make is a bad selection is a healthy exercise to enable a better understanding of the decision and its possible ramifications, says Mancharamani. 
doing so also provides the psychological safety to enable a rigorous discussion about the downsides of a big decision, without the naysayer fearing punitive politics. Then, move forward. Trust your instincts, trust yourself, and make your decision. Commit to it and watch how it plays out. If you're wrong, it's a learning lesson that you'll grow from. If you're right, you'll build your trust in yourself and continue to take back your own autonomy. Questions and exercises. 1. Think of a piece of advice you've been given from an expert. Write it down below. 2. Go through the steps outlined in today's course and challenge it for yourself. Would you still accept this expert opinion? Yes. No. Three. How did this process change how you perceived this advice you were given? Conclusion Experts play an important role in our lives. They help us to learn, to make choices, and to navigate a complex and confusing world. But experts aren't perfect. And experts are not you. This is your life. This is your journey. Think critically. Think for yourself, and be the best you can be in a life that's fully your own.